Hi, I'm Eugene Driscoll, and welcome to Naval Gazing, the Valley Indie Podcast. We're recording this episode on October 19th, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Ethan Fry. Good afternoon. Hi, Ethan. We're both reporters from ValleyIndy.org, a nonprofit online newspaper in Ansonia, Connecticut. Today, our guest is Nicole Claritas Dietria. Did I pronounce your name correctly? Dietria. I'm just happy I didn't say Dietria Claritas. I did on a Facebook post. Yes. <laughs> Or, or you f- people typically forget one of the two names. Right, one of the so. two. That's why I apologize. Thank you. It was perfect. But uh, you're a Republican from Seymour, and you're seeking to unseat Democratic Representative Teresa Conroy in the State General Assembly's 105th District, which covers Seymour, Beacon Fo- Falls, and a portion of West Derby, where I live. Correct. Uh, welcome to the Valley Indy, and thank you for taking the time to do this. Thank you for having me, gentlemen. So I'm going to let Ethan, I'm going to turn it over to you right now to fire off the first question here uh, with Nicole. So go right ahead. You could probably have predicted that we'd ask about this, but let's just talk briefly about Donald Trump, the man the Republican Party nominated for president. Uh, do you uh, do you support him, uh, particularly in light of the remarks he was caught on a hot mic making about women? and the subsequent uh, remarks by several women in the past week or so accusing him of behavior similar to what he was caught describing on tape. Uh, What are your feelings on on the Trump candidacy? Well, the Trump candidacy, I I know everybody feels this national election is, in our lifetimes, probably one of the most contested, difficult, hard, unbelievable, embarrassing, just all-around bad candidates on both sides. I, I truly feel that a couple months ago I was just saying I'm going for the GOP nominee and that was Donald Trump and I do I support Donald Trump I'm not happy with his comments I am offended I am offended by what he said about women I basically get offended by him every week but with that said Hillary Clinton I feel will put our national security at risk. I feel there, there are more issues with Hillary that I dislike than Donald Trump's lack of a word, potty mouth, or they say locker room talk, which again, I don't agree with any of it, but at the end of the day, I feel that he will not be afraid to poke the bear, so to speak. I don't think people will bully him. I feel that he will bring a wealth of knowledge and, and a great support staff with him to run our country if he is our commander-in-chief. And I just think, again, it's a very difficult decision for people to make this election season. So you're going to vote for Donald Trump? I will vote for Donald Trump. Ticket. Do you, uh, is it something uh, that you hear talked about? Uh, Seymour's a Republican town. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, and I know I see a lot of Trump signs uh, in, in Seymour. Yes. Uh, it, are the, are, what discussions are happening on the local level? Is it something you, is it a distraction as you... Because there's actually, I guess what I want to ask is, there's obviously an anger in the country. There is, we hear it all the time, there, there, there's this anger bubbling up against politicians, mm-hmm. basically. Uh, so d- what does he represent, do you think? What, wh- why, why do people support him, and does he have support in Seymour? Well, um, first of all, yes, he has support in Seymour, and I think at when I talk to people, residents, whether it's door knocking or or an event, it usually does come back around to, you know, we talk about local issues, state issues, and then we somehow get onto the federal, you know, the the national discussion, and they want change. 
And that's what it is. They feel, most people feel, and again, not everybody, that Hillary will be an extension of Obama. And some people do think it's worse. I Every door that I've knocked on, I've, yeah, I think I found one person now. I've been knocking doors since the middle of May that actually said they will vote for her. But again, everybody is very upset with our pool of candidates. But again, we went through the process and that's who the Democrats gave us. And this is who the Republicans gave us to deal with. And uh, do you think that it's a distracting from what you're trying to do here in Connecticut and here in the Valley specifically? Is it? A- no, I don't find it distracting. I mean, I will. I'll discuss it and I'll, any issues that they have. But again, I try and bring it back to. Unfortunately, I can't do anything about the national election, but I want to fix our state, and that's you know why I'm here today, and that's why I'm discussing with people our issues. All right, thanks. And uh, just uh, by way of introduction to people who aren't familiar with you, uh, just tell us a little bit about your background. Uh, Are you a lifelong Seymour resident, uh, job, family, that sort of thing? Okay, well, I am a lifelong resident of Seymour. I've grown up here. I went through the Seymour school systems. My parents and my family own Clarita Supermarkets in Seymour and in Derby for over 50 years. We, I worked in the family business as well as my sister and our cousins, we went through the family business, a small business, learned the, you know, the value, the appreciate hard work that, that people do every day to be in business. And after that, I went to college, got a degree, Quinnipiac University, then I came back and I worked in my family business for six years until we then ended up selling them. And then I needed to decide, what am I going to do? I'm not working with my family anymore, what's my next step? I decided to go back with my love of athletics, being an athlete, my sister and I, both of us through high school and college, and I got my degree in athletic training. So I rehab athletes, I get them ready for competition, and it's it's the enjoyment of working with you know the student athlete in the high school and or college level. So I've been working at Laurelton Hall High School now since for 15 years, and I also cover football for Seymour High School. So I get to use my love of sports and and rehab and athletes and nutrition and do that every day. Then after that, I decided, well, I need to give back to the community somehow. So my sister and my parents, they, my parents always taught us, give back to the commun- community. And your sister's uh, Themis yes, Claris. Yes, Themis Claris, who's... Uh, might, um, you might have heard of her. Maybe. Then <laughs> passing. She's the uh, minority leader up in Hartford. So she's always, you know, encouraged me, give back to the community, whichever, and my parents, in whichever way you felt was, was good for you. So I decided... About six years ago, I got involved with the town of Seymour with the Board of Finance. So I was an alternate on the Board of Finance for a year, got my feet wet with that, and then decided, well, now it's time to, I want to do more with with my community, with the town of Seymour. So I ran for the Board of Selectmen, and that first term was in 2011, and now I've been fortunate enough, I'm in the first year, end of the first year of my third term, and the Board of Selectmen each election season has voted me unanimous, unanimously as the deputy first selectman. So using that as my, my schooling for public service, it's been, it's been a great learning tool. I've learned how to balance budgets under Kurt Miller. He's taught me and the, the entire board and the town. It's just taught me how to run a town government, obviously on a small level, but I see what happens when budgets aren't balanced. I see what happens when when infrastructures aren't run properly, when you don't plan for the future. So th- using all that is is what 
you know, gave me the background now to decide I think I can do more on the state level. I think just growing up and backing up a Sorry. for a second. No, 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 no. <laughs> it, it's fine. I, I, I had a couple of questions. But uh, growing up in Seymour, your parents running uh, a business. I think we have an old, we have an old Evening Sentinel uh, press Oh, yeah, with like an ad. Uh, with, yeah, yeah, an yeah. ad for your parents' store. With the store. supermarket. Yeah, it had yeah. to be from like, like 1963. Like prime rib at like 39 cents a pound or say oh, like these absurd prices. It's actually right. my dad and his two brothers Who did it. that okay, own the it? business. So. When you, like, were there dinner table discussions of politics growing up? Uh, was, was it like a newspaper family? Did you have, were there like policy discussions or anything like that? How did, because I mean, you have, there's two daughters. Yes. It, both are, are in politics. Yes. Like what influence did your parents have over you, or if any? Um, well, my parents. Oh, for like the political a, scene. Right. I mean. for the poli- they, always, they always told us, and we didn't, on occasion we would talk politics, but not really growing up, but. The, the discussions and our family, my dad ran, we, in the supermarket in Seymour, we had an appliance center. That's how much it dates me. Most people don't remember that. My dan, dad read, ran that and he didn't get home from work until eight o'clock at night. So we waited every night to have dinner as a family with my dad. And we would obviously discuss his day or what's going on in the supermarket or the fights he'd be having with his brothers from one end of the store <laughs> to the other and, and, and discussing. But it always came back to something in the supermarket, in the community. And they always taught us, listen, this town has given so much to our family. It's my my dad and his brothers and us with these supermarkets that that have given us so much. And even my father's father owned a corner market in Seymour with his brother, Sam. They had an ice cream shop and a little, you know, grain and feed supermarket. So he always he always said he gave to the community. He helped with the high school. We supported the sports teams even when we were little. I remember getting my dad's pickup truck and going to a football game on a Saturday morning just always supporting and giving back to our community. There was always something that we could do, whether it was donating food to, you know, anything, uh, uh, the cheerleaders or the football team or the baseball team or the softball team. It was just constant, you know, give to your community. Just do what you can to help. And it was always, it was a good feeling knowing that we were doing something good for others. And then just uh, that you had also mentioned how being on the board of selectmen uh, in Seymour, where you're the deputy first selectman, how that uh, was like a schooling in, in, in government. Can you talk to me about uh, what ways or in what ways has the state government or the current leadership or your opponent hurt Seymour? Do you see ways, if that's a fair question, do you see ways it's, it's challenging uh, because of the state policies? How does it affect the town of Seymour? Well, in directly and indirectly, if you have bad policies on the state level, as you know, it trickles down to each municipality, whether it's monies that we're getting from the state that are less. We do our budget. You know, Kurt does does the budget every spring, and we go out to referendum for the town to vote on it. We have our budget set. This is the amount of money that we're going to use for the following year. And then the state will come down months later saying, okay, well, now you're, we did our budget, and now you're getting less. So now it, the burden is put on the towns to come up with X amount when they cut us. So if you have bad policy on the state level, meaning bi- unfriendly business practices, high taxes, high man- you know, mandates or regulations, it affects our bottom line. And it trickles right down to the, the towns, the municipalities, and their businesses too because then the businesses are, are affected. And then in Seymour specifically, has that led, do you, do you think that has led to mill rate increases or like how does it affect the uh, someone who lives uh, in Seymour? Well, um, 
Selectman Kurt Miller has done a great job with financially getting our town in order. Our finance, we came in five years ago and our town wasn't doing well financially. So we had to basically go in and clean house. And that's what we need to do up in Hartford. We had, we, we didn't have a road program. Our roads were almost in disrepair, so many of them. We had to start a proactive road program. So now we have money in our budget every year to address roads. They hadn't touched roads in 15 years in Seymour. So we went through, our fund balance was very low because the previous administrations were paying a lot of our bills out of our fund balance. And that's, your fund balance is equivalent to your savings account at home. And you know, if you keep grabbing from that savings account, eventually there's nothing left. And then your credit is very bad. The, cre- the credit companies won't, you know, if you want to get a re- redo your mortgage, you Which need a good credit. Which seeing happen on the state yeah, level. Yeah, and you're, so. we're seeing that on the state level with our fund balance, the rainy day fund. They keep going into that rainy day fund, and now we're down to, I believe, it's 1.3% on the state level. So we need to fix those problems. And locally, in Seymour, we went ahead and fixed those issues. So now our fund balance is very strong. We've increased our bond rating. We're second from the highest in Seymour. It's the highest it's ever been. And what that equates to is we get to borrow money at a cheaper rate. So now we went out for bonding, have have money to do our roads. We're actually on the ballot again this November. We're going to have a question on the ballot. We want to bond more money to do more roads because now we're playing catch up. But those are the things that we've done, again, cleaning our fiscal house and making Seymour a better place to live and financially more stable. So now people will see, businesses can see, oh, oh Seymour, they're, they're, they're doing okay. We've stabilized our mill rate. We had to increase it when we, when we got in, but we had a five-year plan to stabilize the mill rate. We're right there now stabilizing. We have debt coming off our books every year. So that means we can add, if we want to fix up a building or we want to add more roads, we have our debt ratio will be fine to do that. And now people can see that. And then, no, 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 that's, that's fine. Then you, So you basically want to take that type of policy and, and do yes. it on the state level. Like, why are you running? Talk about why making the transition from, from uh, you know, Seymour Board of Selectmen to trying for, uh, to for become a state, state lawmaker. Um, well, uh, not many people know that the my sister... Themis has basically, since she be- went into office, has been trying to get me to run for on the state level, and I and I never wanted to. I was never involved in politics. I, I I did this kicking and screaming coming into Seymour, but I knew again. I knew it was the right thing to do, and I ended up actually enjoying it. And I said, "She's like, you have to run. You know, we need more like-minded people up in Hartford. You know, we're not we're in the minority." We just you can you can make a difference. Look at the things you've done in Seymour. So I'm like, no, I'm fine. You know, I'm again, I'm doing good work in Seymour. I love my jobs and my family and my husband and son, and, and I'm busy enough. So this past budget session, when they're going through the you know the regular budget and then the mitigations, I talked to my sister and she, I'm like, what's going on today? And she's like, this going on, that going on. So then I said to her, I go, well, what did my opponent? Did she vote for the budget? She goes, yeah, of course she did. I go, that's it. I need to run. I can't sit back any longer and watch this happen to the state that I grew up in and I love. It's just things need to change. And I tell people when I'm when I'm talking to people at the doors or, like I said, if I'm out at an event, they, they say, I go, we're circling the drain in the state of Connecticut. And what and, are some examples of that? Talk mm-hmm. about uh, some of the things that you're not happy with. Um, I'm not happy with the budget that that we, we continue. I just I mentioned a couple of minutes ago about we c- continue to do we've rating the rainy day fund to pay our bills we need to 
Again, like we haven't seen more. Fix your financial house. Whatever's wrong, fix it. 2011, we had the highest tax increase in the state of Connecticut. 2015, we had the second highest tax increase in the state in the state's history. Now, yes, sometimes you do need to raise, ta- raise taxes. We didn't see more, but you saw what we fixed with it. In the state of Connecticut, it hasn't fixed the problem. And that's why we're there. As my sister loves to say, you can't keep sticking gum in a hole. And that's what they're doing. Raising taxes, cutting jobs, isn't fixing our problem. We need to, I give an example where the, just the programs that we offer in the state of Connecticut, whatever they are, if we could run them efficiently, we'd save millions of dollars. You know, all the issues we've had with DMV. We have programs, I'll give you a couple examples. The, um, the state of Connecticut has a marketing plan. It's called, it's called Still Revolutionary. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, can you see Bill and, ba- Bill and Marie that live in Arkansas planning their one vacation every summer? And, and Mary, Mary goes, hey, Bob, you know, where are we going to go this summer vacation? He goes, well, I just saw an advertisement for the state of Connecticut. And, you know, they're still revolutionary. Let's go there. I don't even know what that means. Right? So that program is $6.5 million. How about if we get rid of that $6.5 million and use it towards our mental health and addiction services that were cut in this last budget, that my opponent voted for this budget, and it was, I believe, it was $13.8 million that the state cut for the Department of Mental Health and Addiction Services. We have this opioid epidemic in our state and the country. How can you be a, a, a strong advocate of fixing these problems, but then you're cutting it in our budget? So that's number one. Number two, the Yukon um, Health Center, fire and police. We could eliminate them. That's, what is it, $7.6 million. And we can offer a smaller stipend to the city of Farmington to pick up those services. We could reduce legislative salaries. We can combine some committees. We could, and I think that's around $3 million. Again, it's just, there are things that, that, they're not vital services. Another thing, the citizens election program, right? When I run for the when I run or the senators run, eleven point seven million. You can get rid of that completely. Or how about this? Just cut it in half. Five million. What could we do with five million dollars? There's places that we can't that the Republicans every year said, let's let's get rid of it, let's cut it in half. And the Democrats are saying, no, we don't want to. And why do you think that is? Why why? Because everyone wants lower taxes and great economic development, what's happening that there is this opposition to, you, to it? I, don't, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not up there yet, but guessing maybe because it's coming from the Republicans. Now, these are things that I don't think I'm saying anything that's left or right-winged. I think it's, it's basic common sense, and that's what the Republicans, what we're promoting. Don't spend more than you make. Right? I say that to every person that I talk to. Why should you and I, in our houses and our business, we have a fixed amount of money this month. You make the X amount of money. Okay, you can't spend any more than that. So don't spend more than you make. Let's do that on the state level. It's that predictability. No, I'm sorry. He's going to do the next okay. question. Just okay. ignore our hand gestures. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. But it's that predictability that we need and, and sustainability. If we, can get these, if we can get businesses back in, into Connecticut, fix our taxes, fix the, you know, the, the mandates, the just the burden that we have on the taxpayers, the businesses will come and then the jobs will come and the people will come with them. 
Uh, a poll by uh, Quinnipiac University just in June found the uh, governor's approval rating to be at 24%, which is an all-time low to yes. him. Uh, and then an overwhelming 72% uh, among those polled either said that they were somewhat or very dissatisfied with the way things are going in the state. Uh, yet Democrats will probably be returned to ma- majorities in the state House and Senate. Um, so, I mean, like if 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 people hate it here so much, why aren't these Republican ideas you're talking about, common sense ideas uh, resonating enough to give the GOP a majority? I mean, like, unless I mean, I'm sure you're hoping they'll have get a majority in November. Right. Um, you know, why? Why? Why isn't why? Why aren't why are the people of the state, the voters of the state so slow on, on the uptake? There? Well, what's happened now? Every two years, you have the election. The Republicans, we have, we take a few more seats, a few more seats, and and we're up to, it's 87-64. We have 64 seats now. In the House, we only need 12 more seats to take control, and in the Senate, only four. So the people of Connecticut are being heard. They're saying every election, we are taking more Republican seats away from the Democrats. And that's another thing I hear from people every single day. They say, we're, we're, we're sick of Governor Malloy. I said, well... We know, and we're stuck with him for two more years, unfortunately, but the House and Senate is democratically controlled, and we can make that change in November. Those I, are the things we can change. And I, this is sort of sort of tangential to that, but uh, I, I think a lot of people, Republicans we've spoken to in this election cycle, would say or would concede that the Republican nominee to run against Malloy uh, three years ago uh, Foley that like wasn't the strongest candidate. Let's say yes. Um, is is the do you have uh do you have are you supporting someone uh, for 2018 yet or, or do you think there's you know potential people that would be good candidates against Malloy? Yes, I think we have um, a great pool of candidates coming up in the next two years. I mean, we've seen articles you know in the paper just you know the short list or, or people that have have expressed interest and I think that there are people that are very strong. I wish some of those people were around two years ago and um, could have possibly helped us start to get out of this mess we're in. But yes, in two years, I do think we will have a good pool of Republican candidates to pull, to pull from for do the you, Do you have like support anyone yet or anything or is it too far? I think it's too far. I mean, here's the thing. We need to see what happens in this November election because that will be a big determining factor whether certain people will or will not decide to put their hat in the ring for governor. Okay. And uh, the General Assembly uh, recently held a special session where lawmakers ratified a $220 million incentive to keep Sikorsky headquartered in Connecticut. Uh, it was overwhelming bipartisan support for that uh, for that uh, bill. Uh, would you have voted yes or no for that? And, and why would you? Why? Well, I think they did. They did the right thing. They we needed as a state to we need to keep Sikorsky in Connecticut because besides the, the people that we employ, the subcontractors, the people in the state of Connecticut support that do support that business. The problem with that is what is going to keep any other business now from turning around and saying, we want ours. And if I were that business, I'd be doing that. Well, if you're giving it to them, give it to us. If we have better policies and better taxes, our our business-friendly policies, if we can get those in force, then we won't have to do this. Then people will want to come to this state. And like I said, then we will create these jobs and get these people to expand in our state. I guess 
you know, like in the annual report, the the company that owns Sikorsky, uh, you know, they made a profit of I think upwards of five billion dollars last year. They paid nine billion dollars to buy Sikorsky, and presumably not because Sikorsky was hemorrhaging cash at the time. So, I mean, you you sort of touched on this saying like you know this is just going to be a line of companies with their handouts. So, like, what should be the determinative factors for a government to decide? You know, should we offer company X a big incentive to either move or stay here? Like, what what should what should be the the factors in uh, determining that? Um, well, I think it it comes it comes back to do we have the money to do that? Because we're getting to the point in our government where we don't have money to give out anymore because we're not making it. You know that we've also in the in the recovery for the recession, we lost a lot of the higher top paying jobs. And they say, yes, we've recovered jobs, but they're all in the lower paying jobs. So if we don't, I know I keep saying this, but if we don't fix our policies and the way we run the state, then I don't know how we would how we would give money to other companies. And, so, and sort of touching on that following up, uh, you wrote a guest column uh, that you submitted to us and presumably other papers. Um, no, no other papers. No, just, Never. just, just, just gave us the exclusive. Uh, after the, Dur- the Walmart in Derby closed, um, you noted that at, 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 as that was happening, mm-hmm. the General Assembly was in Hartford debating a $15 an hour minimum wage and wrote that, uh, I'll just read from it, quote, it is precisely the sort of punitive, wrongheaded public policy that leads small companies and large corporations to conclude that Connecticut is a tough place to do business. Uh, should Do you think there should be a minimum wage? If so, what should it be? Or you know, should the government just stay out of that whole arena, I guess? Um, I guess you can, I don't have one solid answer for that, but I think, um, as a business owner, the, the minimum wage is an issue because it affects your bottom line. So if you're raising, if you're, a, if you're a small business and you're mandated, again, to have a, a higher minimum wage, that will affect, A, the amount of people that you employ, that you can hire, the improvements you can do to your business, and your ability to stay in business in whatever town or city you're in. So I think there's, you know, there's pros and cons to it but as as a business owner in the state i i see the the negative side to increasing minimum wage i should just note as a, if you see us looking down on our computer i'm checking sound levels and things like that it's okay. not that we're not paying attention i should have said that oh i know start. you're fully <laughs> right. engaged in what every word i'm saying right we definitely are <laughs> but I, I mean i live in i live in the district you could be uh, my representative i could i hope i'm fortunate enough to be your representative so uh let me ask you uh i mean where i live i'm on hawthorne avenue in derby i mm-hmm. live in the second ward my taxes go up my home value continues to go down uh, and then uh, you know derby like seymour like ansonia like so much in the valley we have these big properties that we talk about all the time and you know, we've only been around th- since 2009, but it's like they're, they're new study after study. And it seems like the only people that benefit from these properties are like consultants and attorneys. Uh, what would you do if elected to help some of those uh, like the former mills mm-hmm. uh, in Derby or the properties in Seymour that seem to sit stagnant? What can right. you do as a legislator to help us? Well, I think on the on the state level, again, making the, the state business friendly, not overtaxing our residents, not overregulating. But I use the example of my family's shopping plaza on Route 67 in Seymour. We've had 
this is the first time in, I believe it's 20 years that we're full. We've, we've haven't been full in 20 years. And our only national tenant is Ocean State Job Lab. Only one. Everybody else is a mom and pop local, local store. And I think depending on what town you're in and Unfortunately, the, sometimes it's unfortunately the way you're set up geographically dictates the type of businesses that can come in. Seymour, and I know you've dis- discussed this with First Selectman Miller, we have Tritown Plaza. Well, that's, it's been, that center part of the plaza has been open for many years now. And, and not for lack of trying, we've, been, we've talked to many people to get them involved, to get businesses in there. Now we just, by the end of the year, we talk to the owner and they're taking down that center section. So it'll become more marketable. We have great The towns and cities have great properties, but businesses come in, and again, I use this for my own business background, and they say, yes, we'll come into your area or your town, and we're only going to make this much profit. We want to make a higher amount of profit, so we're not going to come. So they'll go to the next town because it's set up differently. It's set up closer to a highway. You know, the median income is different. So I think it really all depends. We're doing a great job in Seymour. We're bringing businesses into town. Is it as fast as anybody wants? No, but we really, we're doing a great job. And I can't, you know, I just, again, I want to see our town move forward. And I want to see the same thing happen on the state level. What are some of the ways in SEMA that you've been able to lure in businesses? I mean, either as a as a because your family owns that that shopping center. Like, how do you how you doing that? Like, what are they looking for exactly uh, to move to SEMA? Are there is it like tax breaks or? Well, I mean, there's it. De- it depends on the business. Again, if it's a if it's a smaller business or a mom and pop type store, they're looking for that hometown feel. Or Seymour's a smaller town. We have our downtown antique district. You're going to get a certain type of business in there. Unfortunately, we, we can't get a national tenant in there just because of the way it's situated. But we can on Route 67 in Seymour. We can try town plaza. Um, I mean, I really, other than we go out and we talk to these places and we just try and make our town more attractive to them to come. And then I just wanted to, this is a totally random question. That uh, I mean, I'm the son of a police officer and the brother of a police officer. Uh, obviously, I was raised, my mother was a police officer's wife. I'm wondering, and if I'm putting a label on you, I apologize in advance. But uh, being a police officer's wife, how does that affect your politics in any way? Or uh, you know, how, does that, how would that affect you if you were elected uh, as a state lawmaker? Um, being, I mean, I'm, I'm proud to be, my husband's a, te- a detective in Seymour, and I'm, I'm proud of my husband and all the men, men and women that put their lives on the line every day to protect us, the firemen, the police, EMS, everybody. So I, I think, you know, just to protect them, support them, you know, everybody's lives matter. We go through this, we've been going through this issue with Blue Lives Matter. Yes, absolutely, they, they matter. Firemen matter. Everybody's life matters. So it's important just to give the support to people, to everybody that help and protect us and save us every day of our lives that make our lives a safer place. And then in terms of uh, switching gears again, I mean, look, if you look at this particular uh, seat in the House, I mean, one mm-hmm. year it was Republican, then it was Democrat, then it was Republican. It, it's really... Uh, of all the uh, races that we cover, this is one we never know. It's uh, the closest to like a battleground yeah, in the valley. It really, I think. yeah. Well, first, State I'm just, race. Why is that? Do you have any thoughts on that? I mean, uh, why is it a battleground? As or you're why? I mean, they went. It was uh, Len Green, right. uh, Republican, and then it went uh, to Teresa, Teresa Conroy, and then it went 
back. I mean, I mean, even have the history. It went Conroy, here. then Green, then back then to Conroy. Conroy won it again. Yep, sorry, uh, and then it looked like there was going to be a, another rematch, but then uh, Len withdrew because of job Leonard responsibilities. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I'm my question is, uh, I guess, why can't see more voters make up their mind, or what's the what's been happening there? Uh, um, I mean, I don't. I can't give you a, an exact answer, but I just know it, Len Green Jr. comes from a family. His dad, Len Green Sr., was the, was state rep at one point, Beacon Falls. And, the, you know, that's a family that, that, again, is very politically involved and gives back to the community. Teresa Connery, same thing. Her family, her dad was a, a state, you know, state police officer. Another family that was heavily involved in their community. And I same thing a, with me. I guess a better question okay. now that you know, would be, like, how do you deal with that? Like, well, how do you get more people is it just door to door uh because this this district has been so uh, uh changed so many times over the last few years right well i think it goes hand in hand with people being so unhappy with governor malloy and he's pol- and his policies and unfortunately my opponent continues to vote party lines she's voting for these budgets she voted for the for the budget in 2015 was the second highest tax increase in our history there was a quote somewhere i think in 2012 that she said i don't want any more taxes well she voted for the second highest tax increase in our history and people know that people know that by her voting for this budget this last time she cut 13.8 million to a, to a mental health services and and the opioid addiction you know, she, it's just the, the cuts, she voted for the budget, she cut Votech schools. We've been having that issue with Votech, you know, the vo, the vocational yeah, schools. Yeah, that really hit a nerve, uh, at least on our Facebook page. We have like 13,000 people yes. who follow us on Facebook, and uh, we just uh, uh, tweeted or put on something on the Facebook from CT Miller about yes. the, the Votech school, mm-hmm. and uh, wow, like it was really, they stored, stirred up a, a hornet's nest. Uh, yeah. There, yeah, and you had said, uh, let's talk about manufacturing f- for a second. There, uh, you know, I- historically in the Naugatuck Valley, we were f- mill towns, factory towns. You could work there and make a living. Yes. Uh, you know now, and you could leave a job and get another one almost immediately. Yeah, and and now it's you know you're, you're working for a retailer and you got to work five jobs now. Mm-hmm. Uh, to the jobs that have replaced factory work or not, they don't pay well. No. Uh, so what? What can you do to, to change uh, that? Well, what I've heard, again, what I've heard from people is our Votech, our Votech schools, we have waiting lists to get into our Votech schools in the state. They've never been more popular. So why would you want to close them? Why would you want to cut from, from, these, from these schools, especially in our tough times when we need to create jobs? We're, getting, we're giving these kids an education and then they're going into our community. And the people that I've talked to said they can't hire these kids fast enough. So there are jobs for them to get as soon as they get out of high school. And again, going back to the budget last year, my opponent voted for that budget, which cut the Votech school's money. Now, fast forward to whatever it was two, two weeks ago, when the governor comes out and said, we may need to close two Votech schools and or you know, the sports programs are cut significantly from what we offer for those kids. So now the Democrats are coming back and saying, no, we don't agree with that. We don't agree with the governor. We're voting against the governor, but you voted for the budget. So that voted to cut them back then, and now you're up in arms because they want to close them. You should have fought for them then. How about in terms of, of this uh, uh, campaign? What role uh, does your sister play in it? Obviously, you 
you're close and you talk uh, quite often, I imagine. Yes. But there, there seems to be like the, the valley, the Nogatuck Valley has this uh, uh, sort of power structure now within the state Republican Party. Uh, your sister, uh, uh, J.R. Romano, is from Derby originally. Yes. Uh, so I would think this is a race that your sister and J.R. Romano would be personally interested in. What type of resources are they giving you and how are they providing you or not providing you insight and mentorship as you try to unseat an incumbent which right. is never easy right well all those things they are they're they're my sounding boards you know if i if i have a question on on an issue or or what to do or how to approach someone you know i, I will go to my sister i'll go to jr monor i'll go to kurt miller i cannot tell you how much he has helped me with this whole process just really getting me ready for doing what i'm doing right now so they you know again it's anything any question I have, I do. I go right to them. Well, how do you think I should give me some examples of, of you know, why this person would yell at me because I want to do this or yell at me because they're like, well, you know, we talk it through. So eventually I'm figuring out the answer, but they're just prompting me to get there. So they are. I mean, they've been in it for a long time. They, they see the struggles and they're just, you know, available to help me with any questions or, or guidance. And then in terms of getting out the vote, I'm curious uh, if people are dissatisfied with both top of the ticket uh, candidates, is there a thought that Republicans might stay home? Uh, I just watched something on the, one of the channels last night in uh, Nevada, and they were saying that that Republicans were, uh, they, they were so angry at Donald Trump, they weren't planning to vote. Okay. which essentially is a vote for, for the other side. Right. Is, does that come up in discussions? No, uh, honestly, I have not heard one person tell me that they're not going to vote. I've, I've heard more people now saying, you know, I didn't vote last year or, or at some point it didn't vote. And they're like, we're voting this year and, and we're voting. And they're saying it a lot on the national level as well as locally. They're like, we're all getting out to vote. We don't care how we get there. We're getting there to vote this year. And then in terms of polling or anything like that like you talk tell me about the secret sauce that's what we want to know do everyone just says oh it's knocking on doors we don't believe that come on you've got jr romano and your sister what uh, what polling do you see do you have any sense you're laughing and shaking your head at me. I'm just... um because i don't listen if there is polling i'm not privy to it so and even if even if if there is i don't want to know because i'm i'm attacking it you know i'm i'm going for it i this is important i i think the people of of the state deserve more the people of seymour beacon falls and derby deserve more so if there is polling i don't know anything about it but and so there's it's no not s- keeping me from doing anything there's no i mean i just know of living in derby second ward we tend to i think there's more democrats there's probably independents uh, uh you know i'm an independent uh and we probably are the highest majority but we i know in the second ward i think it's democratic though. i mm-hmm. think it leans democratic because i know our our whole, all our reps on the board of aldermen are all democratic. Is there? Do you kind of put that part of Derby to the side, or do you focus your energy elsewhere? How does that work? Well, I'm focusing on my section of Derby because they're the ones that are voting for me. Right, and that's their second war. But I'm saying like they tend to vote uh, democratic. Do you think? Well, uh, I do. do you have, have to do more work there than, you know, than in your own neighborhood. Um, no, I still, I still have my list of people that I'm going to see and I talk to, and and again, even though it is strongly Democratic, I'm still getting the same responses from the Democrats that I am from the Republicans, just that they're not happy with the direction our state is going in. There's this sense of unease, Mm -hmm. and it all comes back to... Yeah, and they want the change. The economy, Mm -hmm. I guess, would be the number one. So, Ethan, did you have any other uh, follow-ups there? I I realize I'm hogging 
the no, microphone. That's right. He is hogging I, I the apologize. Line, I uh, just uh, like I guess you've talked about like the state has to be more business friendly. Mm-hmm. I guess just like how like are there examples of of specific regulations or laws that you think they that should be done away with? And I guess uh, you know. It, like can the state be can a state be too business friendly like if 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 every business wants to just stampede into the state uh does that show i I mean people talk about how like unions control the democrats and i Mm -hmm. I think that's a a fair point to some extent uh in in connecticut uh especially like public uh public employee unions uh but can the pendulum swing so much the other way you know like texas for example like it, it seems that like it's just the Wild West there, but you know there's there's more like the a- industrial accidents are more frequent there and, and things like that. So like, how do you strike that balance between uh, having a business friendly environment and and you know looking out for workers, uh, health and safety, for example, right. uh, things like that? Well, I mean, I I think anything's possible. I think we're we're far from being at the other end of the spectrum too business friendly. I think we need to get ourselves we need to get our fiscal house in order. And I think I don't, I can't give you examples of, of specific regulations, but as far as being, we need to prioritize our spending and bring, you know, our fiscal stability back to Hartford. And, and that's really why I'm running. And if we can, if we can do that, like I said before, it will, the businesses will come back to Connecticut and then create the jobs. And I sort of touched on this with uh, talking about the Sikorsky deal earlier, but, um, you know, Governor Malloy is fond of talking about, I think he calls it the new economic reality. Yes. Uh, is that just basically, you know, a big corporation says we're going to leave if you don't pay us X, you know, tens of millions of dollars, give it to us or we're out. Like, it, is that the new economic reality? And, and and how do you change that if it is? No, unfortunately, in his mind, I think he feels it's the new economic reality, but it doesn't need to be. I mean, from the from the recession, the jobs that we lost, Connecticut is only recovered 81% of the jobs. And we have the worst job recovery rate among the six New England states. So if we don't, if we listen to his words and live that, then our state will continue to go in this downward spiral. What happens now as the you know the election day is just about here? Yes, it is. And uh, I don't know. Exhibit. Well, we're going to try to. Oh, you, you, you gave a little. All right. Why is that? Is that because you're you're? Well, I'm. I'm excited. How do you get the word out? Like, I guess that's what. I, that's one of my questions because I, I know just as a member of the media, the evil. I have, and we have nothing to do with rigging the election. I just want to throw it out. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, it's so hard. I would assume it's harder than ever to sort of to get out there to get your your name out there is it or well i mean we have obviously you you see we have lawn signs or we have digital ads we have mailers so there are ways that people are, are hearing about me as well as i know you don't believe it but knocking doors is what wins I do election. I know, I know. um but you know people want to see your face they want to talk to you because if you don't believe what i'm saying you're not going to vote for me if you don't like what i'm saying you're not going to vote for me i'm not afraid to make those tough decisions. And if I'm fortunate enough to get elected in Hartford, the people of Beacon Falls, Seymour, and Derby want me to be their voice. So if that means voting against my party, then I'll do it. I can't, that's what I was raised. I was raised to be honest. It, I'm not, it won't be easy, but I'm going to yes, do my best. Considering your sister is a member of the party and a high-ranking official within the party, that could- The high-ranking yes, official. The, yeah, that could create some- Oh, we're gonna have some fun. <laughs> 
So what happens now? Now that you're zeroing in on uh, November eighth, yes. are, are there like a period? Are there like where do you hit up? Where do you try to get those last minute uh, votes? Is Just it- continue and continue door, door knocking, talking to people, you know, talking with you guys. So and that just no, it gets, like, and there's no debate or. I know every year we get asked to host a debate, but there's nothing. Is there any kind of forum happening that you're appearing yeah. at? Um, well, we other? we were invited by the Seymour High School. It's their new political club. I forgot what the name of it is. Oh, really? To yeah. do like an in-school debate type hmm. something. And is so, that going to happen? Is I don't that, know. Uh, I just I responded to the email and said I'd love to do it. So it was Jacob Litke, who's a senior at Seymour High School. He sent me the email. So asked me if I would be interested in doing it as their first um, their first event for the, for their club. I forgot the name of it. I'm sorry. Uh, so we'll see what happens. I'm waiting to hear back. Well, that's fascinating. Hopefully, that's they'll record it. We could uh, share it. If right. It, if yeah. it happens. Yeah. Uh, this is I guess this is a sort of wonky question, but if if elected, will you serve out your term on the board of selectmen? Or yes, I okay. will. I will serve it out until next November. Had, apparently, you, you've had that question before. Yes. Is, is there anything, Nicole, that we're not asking you as we sort of draw to the end here? Are there any issues that you wanted to bring up that we're not touching upon? Mm, I think you guys did a pretty good job. That's good to hear. Yeah, because we don't cover state politics. This is a totally new area for I us. Think you need to start doing it now. This I, is uh, new we, for the two of you. We would need uh, some money. Uh, but it, again, though, like we, we just think... Uh, it, it's a public service. We, we, when it comes down to it, our belief here, our mission is that uh, journalism is a public service. And so, and there's this technology is so wonderful now. You can come in, talk for 30 minutes to an hour, uh, unfiltered, to the voters of the Valley. Um, and, and then, you know, that's why we're here, to spread news to the masses. So with that, my name is Eugene Driscoll. Ethan, you, you, look, you wanted to add something at the very end there? You no, like no, go, by all means, that's all right. I'm Eugene Driscoll, and for uh, Ethan Fry, this was a uh, thank you again for, for coming on. We really appreciate thank it. Thank you so much for having me. This yeah, was thank you. wonderful. All right. We'll see you next time.